This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Good evening, everyone, and welcome along to another edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers. We're not only number one tennis betting podcast, we are now number three tennis betting podcast across America, and we want to be number one across America. And with your help, I think we can get there. And with this man's help, with all the winning tips he's been given, I know we've gone. The reason why we've gone up the charts is because of the fantastic form in Madrid this week from our good friend and our senior handicapper here on Because We Win is Sean Calvert. Sean, looking good, number three in America. Oh, that's on. that's of all t- all the tennis podcasts, is it? Of every tennis podcast, every single tennis podcast from all you know the ATP tour, various different things. I think it's amazing, really. I mean, we're beating things like the Tennis Channel, who've been around for, you know, for God knows how long. Um, you know, I think it's great. And it's it's just very happy that people have been continuing to download it and continuing to enjoy it. I think it's just our personalities, really. It's nothing to do with us winning bets. Well, you say that. We have a, we have someone who just criticises everything we do on any on a YouTube channel. He just absolutely slates everything I do. Everything I do is wrong. I'm the wrong. I don't know what I've ever done to this guy. But anyway, he's got something to do. But we, I think we've we've had as many. Hopefully, we can have as many number ones as Duran Duran. That's what I want to. I want to be considered the, the Simon Le Bon. <laughs> I'm not sure how many the, they had to be honest. And, and well, the Simon Le Bon and the John Taylor of the tennis world. You know, we had Roger Taylor. We were, we don't want Roger Taylor of the tennis world and and Duran Duran. But I think we we me and you. Could, I think you're more. I think you're more Nick Rhodes. I think you're I, the, I, I, I knew you were going to bring Nick Rhodes. I don't know why I knew you were going to bring him up, but I thought you would. <laughs> I'm Simon Le Bon. You're Nick. Rhodes. I, I don't see you as a Simon Le Bon. If I'm being honest. Oh, come on, Sean! Please. No, which know. one's Neil, which one's Liam Gallagher? Which was Noel Gallagher? Well, Liam you're, was the lead singer, wasn't he? You're definitely Noel Gallagher. You're definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was but the anyway, talent, so yes. Yeah, well, exactly. He's the talent, and I'm the front man. Exactly right. And uh, I think Nick Rose was also the talent for Duran Duran. But what anyway? We're doing really, really well, Slate Side. And thank you very much for your support here and getting our podcast so high in the charts. And we want to get us up to number one. And uh, and I think we can with all the support and uh, no pressure on you, Sean. But you got to get the winners here. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a brilliant tournament in in Madrid, and uh, the tournament has been sort of something that you've said along the lay. You want to be looking at the overs and the matches, and the, the totals have been going over twenty one, which have really been the way the whole tournament has gone today. Not so much, but um, the overs definitely the way to be cashing. Yeah, I mean, just updating the stats from. The show that we had the other day. Um, after eighteen matches, it's still very high in terms of service uh, service holds. Eighty three percent against an average of eighty one percent, and seventy three percent first serve points won against an average of seventy one point five percent. So it's it's definitely on the high side. Uh, tie break matches I've been mentioning all along. It's it's still very very high. Fifty two percent of the matches of the first eighty six matches. There's still a couple of matches going on while we're talking, but 
Uh, 52% of the completed matches so far featured a tie-break, and 66% of the matches of the first 85 completed matches have gone over 21 and a half total games. And, you know, the weather's still set fair uh, in Madrid. It's still warm. It's, it's you know, the conditions are quick. And um, it, it's good when a tournament, you, you do have solid stats like that in a tournament to work on. It just makes, it makes your life so much easier. Sometimes you're looking at three, two, three different tournaments, different conditions in different parts of the world. And, you know, it's, it's very, very hard to, to get a level on all of them at the same time with all the differing factors. But when you've got one tournament and it's clear that it's playing a certain way, like like Indian Wells was was playing very slow, um, if you know how conditions are going to be, it just makes your job a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, those tie breaks, you said there, six matches today, six tie breaks uh, across all the different matches. We're, there's a game in play as we speak now, Striff against uh, Kachin. It's 4-4 in the first set, looking low. It'd be, be minus money heading for another tie break. So tie breaks are definitely the way to to look at this sort of approach, this tournament. And it's something that really the bookies haven't really sort of aligned the odds. Bet Rivers have still got those tie break lines. They haven't really adjusted them as much as you would expect, really. I don't understand why it is with tennis. I think there must be some kind of algorithm that makes the odds and doesn't really take into uh, the conditions so much. Yeah. That's probably why we, we we cash so much on these sort of kind of bets. Yeah, I think they're just looking at the, the algorithm is probably – is working on the average over the last sort of 10 years or whatever, which is off the top of my head is about 37%, I think, of the matches featured a tiebreak in Madrid. Now it's gone up drastically this year. Um, you would have thought the algorithm would change in line, but maybe it doesn't. I'm not, you know, you, you know more about setting the odds than I do. I just look, I just look for value. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, you would have thought they would have changed it. But I mean, as an example, this one of the matches we're going to talk about in a minute is, is odds against. Of there being a tiebreak, and um, yeah, I think it's um, the algorithm might need a bit of tweaking. Well, I think what happens is with with when you use formulas and you use many years ago when I was an Oscar compiler, we used to use a little bit. So, for example, this tournament here, I would adjust it. So, if you were twenty one and a half, you use twenty two and a half, and sometimes the algorithm doesn't take into context things that just changes like so if the court speed goes up really much it works on something historical when you, you move the price slightly but you don't move it enough as it should be you know in, in certain times in football matches when there's certain elements like the weather for example i'm one of these big people to talk about soccer matches and talk about the weather because the, the the algorithm doesn't it takes in the average of the referee and bookings and cars and things like that but it takes an imaginative team but it doesn't take into the, the account so much the, the conditions and i think the conditions here are a perfect example where the odds are being spouted out by a, a machine now rather than a well, rather than a human being and it can make errors and you know I think we've seen this tournament now there, there isn't human error that's been as it adjusted it as quickly as it should do and 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 I think the weather element and the court conditions and element of soccer matches really do affect those and I think there are areas that you can monetize and you can capitalize on the on the errors um, let's have a look at the matches. There's only two quarterfinal matches we're going to talk about in the top half of the draw. Not really that, you know, if anybody had given me these eight players who potentially are going to be in the tournament, we still know, we still need to know two other remaining quarterfinalists. We know six of them. I would have told you that you need to do the lottery numbers or you are a complete liar because there's no way anybody could have ever predicted the eight players in this, uh, in this remaining this tournament in the top half of the draw. One man we could have predicted was Carlos Alcaraz. He's through against Karim Kachanov and uh, 
And uh, Alcaraz is a minus 835 favourite up against the Russian, who's plus 550. Uh, the spread here is five and a half, and the totals are 20 and a half. Now, I haven't really looked at anything today. I haven't really looked at the odds. You know, you, you, you've been working on the odds here. But this is the first time I've seen these prices. And my first reaction here is over 20 and a half games at plus 100. I, I quite like that with uh, Kachan off the way he's been playing. Yeah, I think this is all about the head-to-head. You know, they've, they've played a couple of times, both on clay, um, both at sea level, and Alcaraz has borne it very, very comfortably. Um, if we just break down the stats of those two meetings um, that they've had so far, in terms of the service points, one and return points, one totals in those two matches, Alcaraz is leading by 119 to 81, and that is as one-sided a, a head-to-head set of stats as you will ever see between two players. Um, breaking it down further, if probably this is probably easier to understand. Kachanov has only held serve fifty-one percent of the time against Alcaraz. I know these matches were played at sea level on clay, where it's slower. You might argue that the quicker conditions would help Kachanov, but you know his, his serve isn't that big. It's it's big-ish, but it's not it's not concussive. It's not a huge serve. Um, if you look at how many breakpoint chances Alcaraz has created in those matches, he's created over one breakpoint chance every single Kashanov service game. And Kashanov, by, by way of comparison, has created um, 0.24 per Alcaraz game, per Alcaraz service game. So just massively in favour of Alcaraz. So far, I'm, I'm just on the head-to-head. I'm just wondering what, in terms of the matchup, I'm just wondering what Kashanov can do differently to what he's done before that's that's going to trouble Alcaraz. I, I, I did think Alcaraz was going to be tested by Zverev today, and and I was completely wrong on that. Um, I, admittedly, Zverev played really appallingly today. I don't know whether you saw much of that match, but he was he was poor. Alcaraz was really good, you know. And if that happens, you're going to get a very one sided scoreline, which is what you got. Um, I'm just not sure what Kachanov can do that, you know, that um, Zverev wasn't wasn't doing really. I suppose when you look at the two heads heads, as you said, 2022, both one in the French Open, one in Hamburg, they are notoriously slow courts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the speed is the only thing in Kashan's favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would so, agree. So you, you, you know, you can't imagine that this is going to be a wide as margin as we we've seen today. And and, and with Alcaraz as well, Ruzovori struggled. He, he didn't play that well in that match. He didn't play well too well against Dimitrov. You know, he played okay, but not to the, the sort of, especially in the second set, he didn't play as well as uh, we would have expected. But um, I think. Kachanov supporters must look at that court conditions and think that his uh, fearless tactics um, going toe-to-toe may have a bit of a chance. But uh, look at the head-to-head, head-to-heads and look at the clay. But I think the conditions are a little bit in Kachanov's favour here. But uh, Alcaraz obviously unbelievable. And we're looking at like head to the French Open, looking at other tournaments. You know, Do you think now Alcaraz is really making a, a statement on the men's game that he is ahead of the Djokovic now, you know, we, we mentioned it then the last year that we mm. talk about Alcaraz saying he was crazy prices at plus 150. Do you think now he is the man to beat? Do you think he's overtaken Novak Djokovic as the the player that you have to beat to win these majors now? I think I think at the moment he is, yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about the fact that Djokovic and Nadal are right at the end of their careers now. You know, Djokovic is getting more and more injuries now, isn't he? Um, Nadal is seemingly constantly injured these days. Um, so you would have to make, certainly on clay, if we're just going to talk about clay for a minute, Alcaraz is, is, the, is the clear 
number one as the at the moment we're talking, isn't he? Um, Nadal's not even in the picture. He might not even play Rome. Might not even play the French Open. You know, his, his whole clay swing is is pretty much out the window. Very hard to see him coming back and winning the French. Djokovic historically takes a long time to get going on the clay anyway, and he's he's had a very stop start campaign this time with that elbow injury and just not just lacking matches. And you know, he's he's a not one that you would want to be back with any confidence with the French Open. So at the minute, Alcaraz is looking like a a pretty strong favourite for the French. And he is the favourite of the French. Now, if I ask you now, we, we've only got two matches to talk about. This is talking about some future markets as well for to the next match. If I asked you now, Sean, who would be your number one and number two and number three on your current rankings on clay? So not, not, not the odds, just the number one player on the world on clay, number two player on the clay, and number three player on the clay. Who would that be? Are we assuming that everyone's fit? I'm assuming that uh, Nadal comes in and makes his first tournament start at the French Open. I'm assuming that Alcaraz comes in on the on the back of a fantastic uh, play court uh, spring campaign. I'm talking Djokovic is struggling with injury. I think it's got to be. I think it would have to be Alcaraz. It would have to be Nadal if he's got some matches in him. Um, and then after that, Djokovic. And after that, you're going quite a way back, I think to the sort of sitsi passes and um you know those sort of players i think I, I, the, it's hard to put anyone else in the picture isn't it Off the well the reason I, the reason i say this i'm looking at some french open futures here from bet rivers out carlos alcaraz is plus 140 the second favorite is no novak djokovic at plus 240 rafa mm. nadal is the third favorite at plus 450 that's just so you, injured isn't it i mean if he was fit he wouldn't be that price obviously well, but but what, I'm, what my point is here... It's still I'm thinking, short. It's still short, I'm thinking by the if, way. If, if Nadal's yeah. a 22% chance to win this tournament and Novak Djokovic is a 30% chance to win this tournament, that's 52% of the book. There has to mm. be some value elsewhere. And Sitsipas is eight, Holger Una is nine, Yannick Sinner is 11. And on, on, on this current part of me now, there is no way in a million years... I would bet Novak Djokovic plus 240 or Rafa Nadal at plus 450. So the value to me, even though you don't like the favourites, I think Alcaraz at plus 140 could potentially start as a minus money favourite to the French Open if he continues this streak and gets through to the... There's not much to beat here in Madrid. If he wins Madrid and goes into Rome, Alcaraz could be a minus money favourite. And when we talk about people we like to bet at like 25 to 1, who start at 12 to 1, the move for Alcaraz at plus 140 into minus 110 is a bigger percentage move. That's a huge, yeah. huge move. So I, I think the market's very strong on Djokovic and very strong on Nadal. Mm, I, 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 don't think, I don't see how you could back Nadal at that price, oh. knowing that he hasn't played for absolutely ages. He may not even play Rome. He may, he may not even play at all. The French Open, you know, we don't know. Um Djokovic, I definitely couldn't back at that price because we we know he takes a long time to come to hand, so to speak, on um, on clay, and he just hasn't had the matches. Not fit, um, struggling at the minute. I mean, at the minute, Alcaraz looks a pretty strong favourite. Yeah, very strong favourite. Plus one forty. I expect that plus one forty to start very strong. For me, I would turn around and say Alcaraz number one this moment in time. Sitsipas number two. Holger Rune number three. Yannick Sinner, big question mark. Djokovic and Nadal. I think at fifty two percent of the market. I would be a bookmaker. I'd be a, I, rather than a better. I'd be taking your money all day long on Djokovic. No doubt, they can win it. They obviously can win it, come back. But I think at their age, it's very, very hard. Dalcaraz at plus one forty, 
could start minus money. Anyway, we, we digress a little bit. We're moving on to the next match. It's the other quarterfinal. Now, this one here is, uh, is I never, this this would be a match that would be a, a first round match rather than a, a quarterfinal in an ATP Hall 1000. I mean, uh, Daniel Altmaier, Altmaier up against Borna Koric. Altmaier is plus 133. Borna Koric is minus 167. The pair have never ever played before um and if you look at the spread it's two and a half games for Altmaier he gets a start minus 112 and the totals are 22 and a half with over minus 121 under uh minus 106 there's 36 different markets available here on the bet rivers website remember if you place a bet you can live stream and watch the match from the comfort of your home own home on your tablet wherever you want to watch the game on your mobile phone um this one here I mean, Corrich mm-hmm. has come through a bit of an epic today. Out my also come through a, a couple of tough matches as well. It's it's a difficult one for me to call. I know he played Munar very, very, very one-sided in that one. But Corrich um, has come through a bit of a marathon against Davidovich Fikina. Yeah, I think this is a, a, a tough match to bet on, really. Um, if you're telling me you'd had a, an each-way outright ticket on Altmaier at the start of this tournament, I'm not sure I believe you, to be honest. Um well, for a start, he was he was a lucky loser. He wasn't even in the draw, and it's it's not someone that you would really think about. We remember we talked about him, Altmaier, and and we talked about Altmaier and Karatsev, didn't we, in Munich a couple of weeks ago? And we were talking about how poor their statistics were, how bad they'd been over the previous sort of year or so at main level, and now we could be in a situation where both of them, both of them might be in the semi-finals of Madrid. You know, if you'd have said that to me while I was while we were filming that Munich. Sort of preview, I, you know, I, I would have dismissed that out of hand. Um, he played well against Munar, but I think he's been a little bit fortunate out wide. Not only is he fortunate to get back in the draw as a lucky loser when he lost to Rodionov in qualifying, uh, he's played a couple of guys who haven't been fully fit. Munar had a back injury in that match um, against Altmaier, so he wasn't fit, and, and the scoreline was certainly flattering to Altmaier on the basis that Munar wasn't fit. Um, I'm not so convinced that Hanfman was fit either fully fit when when Altmaier played him. So he certainly had some fortune. I mean, if you, if you look at what he's done in his career, a lot of people won't really be familiar with, with Altmaier. You know, this is his first time in a Masters 1000 quarterfinal. His previous best in a Masters 1000 was winning one match in Miami in 2021. His best finish at tour level, um, that's ATP Tour, you know, in Grand Slams, um, was when he made back-to-back semifinals in Umag and Kitzbühel on the clay in 2021. His, his clay statistics for the last 12 months at, at main level are very, very, they're identical to his career statistics on clay at main level in terms of his service points one and return points one. They're both 99, which is frankly not good enough for this this sort of stage of, of this sort of tournament. Um, he's won 13 of his 17, 20, uh, 13 of his 30 main level career matches on clay. Um, it's difficult to say that he really deserves to be in this this stage of the tournament, but you know here he is. He's held served ninety seven percent of the time so far this tournament, but but against that he's saved ninety two percent of the break points against him. So I'm, I'm in a situation here where I'm, I'm thinking, is his luck still in? Because he's playing Borna Koric, and Koric is a guy who also came in here with 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 poor form. You know he'd done nothing in in months, Koric. Um, is he going to be fit for this match? Is Altmaier again going to be facing a, a an injured opponent? You know, as you said, he played a, 
a three and a half hour almost match today against Davidovich Vakina. Um, had a medical timeout off court at the end of the first set in that match, did Toric against Davidovich. So perhaps Altmaier's going to get lucky again. Um, if you're looking at this in, in terms of a, a matchup, I would prefer Toric. In a backhand to backhand situation, Altmaier has got that very sort of flashy single handed backhand, which can go wrong. It's not the most reliable of shots. It's not the most solid and steady and consistent of shots. We see it a bit with Sitspas, don't we? We sometimes see his backhand flying off all over the place. That's that's kind of Altmaier's type of backhand. Uh, Chorich, on the other hand, very, very solid on that side. I mean, if, if you trust Chorich's fitness after that three-and-a-half-hour match against Davidovich Vakina and having a medical timeout, you would you would fancy him to win, but... If if we look at the clay statistics again of, of Chorich, he didn't he didn't really play much on clay last year. Certainly didn't play at main level because he was coming back from injury. So this time last year he was playing clay challenges. But um, so, so it, his clay stats in terms of his service points won and return points won is is the same as Altmaier's in the short term ninety nine. Longer term he's on a hundred and two. Um, whereas Altmaier's long term and short term are the same. So you would say that's probably his ceiling. So statistics say that Chorich is likely to win. I would favour Chorich to win on the matchup, but my worry would be, you know, is Chorich fit? Well, there's been money for Chorich as well. Lots of money for him. I think he's going to start a little bit shorter than the minus 167 out, my plus 133. Whether people are looking at the name and the history and and, and the the more big game player, I'm not so sure. But um, very interesting point that Sean makes there with the injury for Chorich. I, I certainly wouldn't bet him at minus 167. Uh, just a reminder, we're plus 22.83 units up on this show uh, since 2023. And after a bad start, we had a fantastic achievement from Sean. And we did uh, you know, 99.9999% from Sean. But we did give our uh, only ever double point play uh, last time with Struff, who won, which was a, a good thing there. And Struff now is in a tiebreak against Katchin. So I mean, seven matches Another a day tiebreak. and seven tiebreaks in action. So that is definitely the, the theme here. So well, the tiebreak in Chorich, if I could just, sorry, mate, if I could yeah, just. Yeah, sorry. No, well, I, I thought it. I was going to come on to. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, the tiebreak play. Last time I looked at the Bet Rivers web- website, it was um, a plus 114 chance of there being a tiebreak in um, Chorich's match against Altmaier. So I suppose if you were, if you were pressing me for a lean um, on that match, then I, I would probably take plus money on a tiebreak there, bearing in mind that, as I say, Altmaier's held served 90%, 97% of the time this week. Uh, and Torres doesn't mind a tiebreak as well, so that would probably be my lean if I was um, being being pressed into one. Yeah, I think, I th- and I think the overs in the Alcaraz Kachanov game. I'm going to go for a little lean for that at twenty and a half. Um, you know, I know the head's head is massively in favour for the world number one, but I think in the conditions it's a bit of a little bit of a leveller. And I think at twenty and a half, there's very little downside to go. Uh, under on the game, uh, over on the game. So I'm going to go over games twenty and a half. Sean's going to go for the tiebreak. Common theme here is to actually get with uh, lots of matches, lots of games, and lots of tennis action. Uh, there's lots of ways to follow us uh, tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have James Blake on with Roy Giovanni, looking at head of all the big talking points in the world of tennis, and also uh, myself and Sean will be back again, looking at two matches in the bottom half of the draw. Now, Sean, we did say the bottom half of the draw was some value. But we never I mentioned. Say, yeah, we never mentioned the name 
Jizeng Zhang. We never yeah. mentioned the name Aslan Karatsev. Well, Karatsev we, wasn't in the draw, was he? He was a qualifier. Well, so that's... Well, that's why we never mentioned him. But we yeah, but we, we wouldn't have mentioned Shruf Kachin or Zapatar, Zapatar Miralis. We did mention Sitsipas. This is why so, I went for Felix, because I thought, yeah, I thought that bottom half of the draw, as I said, was open. I also said Q4 was was incredibly open. I did say there might be a, an unheralded one coming through there, um, and there has been, and there will be. It's again, it's it's either going to be Karatsev or or Zhang. Um, yeah. So you know, good luck with that. Well, again, I mean, if, if Zhang gets to the final or uh, Karatsev gets to the final, and it's Altmaier, I mean. That'd, That'd be, be great, wouldn't it? I'd love Bet that. Rivers, Bet Rivers will be uh, the share <laughs> price of Bet Rivers will be going absolutely through the roof. That's what you want to be doing there. But uh, we'll be talking about those two matches, giving some angles of them. Hopefully, some more tie breaks, more games today, and we're looking about more of the game thing tomorrow in the two remaining quarterfinals. Now, I've been saying all week to set your alarm clock. Tomorrow you can have a lie in. Twelve thirty p.m. Eastern time is the Carlos Alcaraz Kachanov game, and five thirty. Um, I think it's five thirty or three thirty. Let me double check that. I think it's uh, it's actually so it's nine thirty English time. It's four thirty. Four thirty is the Almeyer. Sorry, no. Hang on a minute. Let's start again here. Uh, yeah, Almeyer Courage is four thirty uh, Eastern time in America. So there's no point in setting your alarm clock tomorrow morning. You're just going to miss everything. There's four ways to follow us. Obviously, you can subscribe to our betting weekly game bet match the tennis podcast we're doing so well and we'd like all your help to be able to continue us going up the charts you can also subscribe to the bet rivers network on youtube so get through to that and uh, get all the pics on there and you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at our handle at because we win you can follow all the handicappers journeys all across europe on the tennis saw and across the world as well and at soccer matches all across europe as well on that so for tomorrow sure no official pick Nope. Um, I think these are two tricky matches. I, I think Alcaraz will probably, well, almost certainly beat Kasharnov. It's, it's. There's nothing that leaps off the page to me in terms of, in terms of value. Um, as I say, my only lean probably is a, is a plus money on the tiebreak in the Chorich match. And that plus money is plus one fourteen. That's Courage against Altmaier. That's it. That's been our edition today on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. Join us again on Thursday. Myself and Sean will be looking ahead to some more tennis action. Oh, sorry, Wednesday with more tennis action on the two remaining quarterfinals. We usually on the Thursday, but we could day early this week on the Wednesday, looking at the two remaining quarterfinals. And the, the theme is games. The theme is the theme is uh, tie breaks. Hopefully you catch some tickets and we'll speak again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.